0: Hi, I'm Cosmo Calloway,
1: and I'm Eliana Stanford, and you're listening to Full Steam Ahead.
0: Full Steam Ahead is a student-led podcast where we talk with thought leaders in the STEAM field to pick apart their origins in order to further understand the motivations behind their accomplishments in the hopes that they can provide fuel for the next generation of STEAM students. All right, so we did something a bit different with this episode. Seeing us today is a very special day for the podcast, we added more guests and more hosts than we've ever had before on the show. We know you're going to enjoy it, even though it's going to be a bit of a different format. But with that being said, kick back, relax. We hope you like the show.
1: First off, let's take a moment to celebrate the 10th episode and one year, kind of, anniversary of Full Steam Ahead. And there is no better person to spend it with than Dr. Ideal Gonzalez-Sorichio who just so happens to be the first ever guest we had on our podcast. We all know Dr. G is the astronautical multitasker of a lifetime, the founding of The Gold Initiative, is a member of the Possum 13 group, and received her PhD in molecular genetics at Caltech and her BS in molecular biology at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. But not only that, she taught yours truly and COSMO, as well as our guest host, At our very own school
0: and if you thought our list of guests was over you are sorely mistaken we're also joined with student nathan park who founded the steam-based journal called mind magazine that consists of 12 artists and writers alike they create quarterly magazines and distribute them to schools in the la region and they're currently aiming to hit 50 schools in los angeles nathan is a rising junior at our own school and we are honored to have him on with us
2: yeah thanks guys happy to be here and also, along with Dr. G in today's episode, we're actually joined with the whole Solaris Thirty-One team. So, if everybody could just go around and introduce yourselves, we would love to hear your voices.
3: Hi, everyone. So my name is Ghanem. I always, I always try to teach them the Arabic pronunciation of my name, which is Ganem. Um, I am. Uh, I graduated as a mechanical engineer. I did my master's in solar energy. I also studied uh, a little bit astronomy and space sciences. Uh, I worked in the oil industry for a while, for six years actually, and I formed a company uh, to do some space stuff in Kuwait, Uh, but now I am working for Kuwait University uh, in the first space mission in Kuwait. Is it okay if he also say it in his own
4: language, just in case his
3: family, friends, and family- Absolutely. Yes, that would be perfect. of
0: course. (laughs)
3: اسمي غانم الاعتادي انا مهندس ميكانيكي درست الطاقة الشمسية ماجستير الطاقة الشمسية ودارس بعد فرق وعلوم فضاء اشتغلت في القطاع النفسي وحاليا اشتغل في شركة في جامعة الكويت في اول مهمة فضائية شكرا عفوا <تصفيق> <تصفيق>
4: I've
5: been disciplined many times. My name is Jose David. Uh, I'm from Spain, but I live in Germany. Uh, I graduated in computer science and in mathematics. Uh, I work for uh, a private company supporting the uh, European Space Agency and UMETSAT in Germany. Uh, I worked uh, nine years in Spain for European Space Agency in several missions. Uh, astronomical and uh, planetary missions, and now I work for Eumetsat uh, for yeah, collecting data from uh, meteorological, meteorological satellites, and I can speak a little bit Spanish with you. Un yeah.
2: poquito.
5: My name is José David. I come but in alemania I work in an private Eh, dando soporte a la agencia espacial europea y hay en Alemania he trabajado nueve años en la agencia espacial europea para diferentes misiones planetarias y astronómicas en Madrid en España y puedo hablar un poquito de español con ella
3: So
4: I'm Ideo Gonzalez Rico as you know besides being an educator I'm also part of Poston 13 and the Institute of uh, International Aeronautical Astronomical Sciences I'm a researcher there and I'm also an educator at the Brentwood School. And I'm also, I guess, a co-founder with Mind Magazine with Nathan. And right now, it's just a pleasure to be with incredible individuals. They saved our lives yesterday with math. <laughs> um, physics,
5: physics, math. Physics, math. Uh,
4: because we had a solar flare and radiation coming, right? In radiation mm-hmm. and right. Um, don't stand by the toaster.
6: Yes, basically, we yeah we did an electromagnetic detector with a costume. Yeah. Uh, Simon, uh, I come from Switzerland. Uh, actually, I'm a life science student. I'm just starting and finished high school. Um, in my free time in Switzerland, I do uh, scuba diving and firefighting. And my role here in this group uh, is the medical or the medical task. I'm the medical officer, uh, so I do all the Health and medical checks in the morning, in the evening. And if someone, if someone is feeling sick, I, it's my job to help them. Uh, now in Swiss German, especially <laughs> <language>. <laughs> not German, but Swiss German. Yeah, I'm from the I'm currently to be a biomedical student or the working biomedical I'm going to be a biomedical student. I'm going to be a biomedical student. i and going to be a get
0: the on. I love it. Well thank you so much for introducing yourselves. We, we can't wait to get you or we can't wait to get to know you a little bit more throughout this. Um, and for the audience at home, the Solaris 31 team itself along with the Eden team I believe is engaging on a lunar analog expedition which is centered around planetary surface simulation. During the course of two weeks, two teams of six analog astronauts will conduct research, scientific research, and record their experiences. Um, And the analog astronaut crews are supported 24-7 by a mission control team. Some of their missions include researching chronobiological and subjective time perception, uh, biological life support systems, and effects of magnetic fields on planet growth. But without further ado, thank you all so much for being here. We can't wait to ask you some questions. I think the biggest thing that we all wanna know is how did you all get involved in the Solaris 31 project?
3: Yeah, well, I, can, I can answer that in the beginning. So actually this is my third analog mission. Um, uh, I, I did a- another two analog mission with the Mars Society, uh, the Mars Desert Research Station. And you know, if you are involved with the space community, um, you meet new people, you add them in LinkedIn and Facebook, and you see what they are posting. So, um, a colleague of mine um, was posting about uh, the opportunity in, uh, in Poland uh, here, and uh, I saw the opportunity. I thought, uh, why not? Why not to have a third mission, and see how it goes? So that's uh, I applied and I get accepted.
5: Yeah. that for me, yeah. Uh, in my case, after almost 20 years working in space agencies and that kind of stuff. Uh, I knew uh, a colleague of, uh, who was a commander in in his mission and talked to me about this kind of of expeditions or analog astronaut mission. And I thought, why not? So I applied at the beginning. I thought that I was going to be a little bit old this yeah it is true it's true because yeah because if you it's true because if you check the crew uh most of them are very young people It's fine, but i say i said okay why not i apply I, I was accepted. and this is my first mission and my first mission as a commander so ooh.
4: so this young one says that yeah. uh so if he gets it i'm older i'm the oldest here <laughs> So just uh, so I'm the astrobiologist here uh, for Solaris, and I guess uh, the babysitter of these of this group.
5: This is true. <laughs> I
4: take care of them, taught them how to cook, <laughs> <I'm sorry>.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, taught them um, metabolism, different class and the mitochondria. Um, mm-hmm. so yes, I actually did because we had to do some uh, ecosystem development here, and how I got into this was I received an email asking if I would like to apply. And a lot of my past and 13 sisters actually said do it, I do, especially Cyan. And I have a couple of microgravity experiments coming up. Now it's pushed to January of 2022, not October. Thank you, COVID. Um, I thought this would be a great opportunity to test out my nematodes and an idea I have uh, to look into Alzheimer's using my nematodes, as well as look at how the terrestrialized soil, the types of soil, Using different nematodes, um, and especially one nematode that have been at the ISS called SLT. And I applied. I was ex- I'm accepted. So for this mission, I am the astrobiologist for Eden. I'm the commander.
6: Well, uh, for my part, uh, in Switzerland, we also have like a, a um, analog astronauts association, but mostly for students. And there, I'm a space op- um, science officer. So I'm uh, basically responsible for the science projects. So not as an analog astronaut, uh, but as an organizer. So I thought it would be like cool to be an analog astronaut myself to kind of get the knowledge that I gain uh, to uh, help the association in Switzerland. And yeah, I applied and I also got accepted. And also like uh, with my military background, I'm a NBC defense uh, sergeant, like um, the job of, uh, my job was uh, to lead a group of people in extreme environments, like fire um, um, like hazards um, environment, for example, and there's also kind of um, the relation to uh, the analog astronaut missions in general.
1: Wow, that is so crazy that all of you have such vastly different backgrounds, yet you're all at the same place in Poland, having this once-in-a-lifetime or third-time-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about, like, the conditions that you guys are living under in Poland? Yes, uh, it's a
4: very small habitat. We all sleep in one room in bunk beds, and we have to monitor the CO2 levels in the habitat. It's only at one point that the CO2 levels were high that our parking yeah. increased. So we have to be very mindful uh, of where we are located in this habitat, even though it's so small, there's little compartments that we could distribute the CO2, especially when we have to work out, we have to work out two hours a day, mandatory similar to what is done at the ISS. Um, we have a very, we're busy from the time we wake up to the time that we go to sleep. But I have to admit, I work even past that
5: just because I do things. Um, you want to tell them how bad it is? Anyone? Yes, as you said, uh, this, this is a little bit small. And it's supposed to be for six analog astronauts. So it would be crazy to be here with two more colleagues. It would be fine. But uh, the place is very small. Smaller than I thought. Uh, we
3: don't have windows here. We don't see sunrise, sunset. We don't know how the weather looks like outside. Now we are isolated uh, for like four days so far. Um, and actually since the second day, we are we are uh, missing uh, counting the days. Like we are, we don't know how, how the time, the time is different for us now, because we are naturally in touch with the normal uh, cycle outside. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, to me, it's not easy, it's, uh, isolation is not easy, psychologically, it's not easy. Uh, but I think we have a very great crew here, uh, the dynamic. Uh, um, uh, we are sharing the uh, uh, duties together. So it's, it's difficult, but also it's fun.
6: And especially if you don't have like a time or life deception, you don't see any life. Uh, I think, or for myself, it's uh, important to have a schedule. So, like you, you know what you're doing at which time, and then it just kind of um, stick to it, and that's like it's helping you through the day.
4: When when I came here, um, I don't know how you felt. I heard about claustrophobia. I never thought I was claustrophobic, but when you come in here and that door closed, and then you see it is a mind. Death. Because we all sleeping in one room and we know that we cannot escape from this uh, unless it's a fire, there's an emergency exit, but it's scary because you cannot get out. You are, you know, this is the first time I'm talking to human beings besides these human beings um, and realizing (laughs) that this is it and there's no comfort. And I know for me, when I'm at bed or when I'm working out, I'm I keep on saying to myself, "I'm a badass. I'm a badass. I'm a badass." Just to make sure that I don't have a panic attack because I don't have panic attack. But well, I was yeah. like, "This is this is mm-hmm. no joke," and I don't want to like fail my crew because if I go berserk or any of us go berserk, the mission ends. So it's you you really have to you know, set yourself, that you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. This is just a moment in time because this is hard psychologically.
5: At the beginning, you you think that it it will be easier because you have your clock, you have your smartphone, and you can see, well, you can see the the, the time, Mm -hmm. but over the time, you realize that you cannot see the, the light of the sun, sometimes you can hear the storms and maybe you can uh, figure out the weather outside but it's more difficult to you think at the beginning yeah.
4: yeah and then when everything yeah. just shut down here yes. we're like yeah oh crap and we don't have a stove where we are cooking eggs in a microwave I mean and we're in a very very strict diet yeah yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, uh, actually uh, we didn't expect that I think uh, in the beginning, we didn't expect that. There is everything in this habitat. There are a lot of things in this small area, uh, from kitchen to uh, laboratory devices, equipment, um, everything for living. But um, it's difficult to figure out, uh, to find things in this small area. Um, it's Sometimes things are broken, like the stove, for example, uh, which is a major thing because we have to find out Ways how to to eat, um,
4: and this takes a lot
6: of time. Yeah, Get what I. Um, Notice something. Uh, if you have like a crew that you can depend on, I think it's it's just so much easier because you are like, you know like uh, at dinner or at lunch you have fun. Uh, you sit together after the experiments, you have fun. You exchange uh, your culture, something about your culture, and so it's it's much easier like that.
4: Yeah, that actually was a nice thing when we sit down and talk to each other and we have time. It's like the cultural nights um, with the oils they provided, really beautiful oil perfume uh, and talking about how each country perceives another country about social media or it's it's, it's fascinating to hear uh, another person's perspective of your country.
2: I guess it's out of my curiosity, like Psycholo- like you know it's psychologically challenging so do you think maybe working out like what you talked about talking with other people is what kind of psychologically helps you guys keeps guys active keeps guys healthy mentally um so yeah i just kind of want to ask if there is there anything you guys do or is that kind of what you were talking about before dr g yeah uh well i think i think the
5: whole
3: point actually is uh from these missions is uh um the psychology of the team the, the psychology of the crew uh, this is my as i mentioned this is the first uh, the third uh, mission and every time i see different uh, dynamics uh, crew dynamics mm-hmm. um, um uh, so there are safety procedures there are definitely some tips and advices provided for us before the mission uh, but in the end of the day uh, if you are in space you are expected to take initiatives so We have to find ways here to keep ourselves uh, in track and uh, uh, to keep the mission going on and to try to achieve the tasks we are supposed to do. Uh, So um, uh, it's in the end of the day, it's an experience. We are providing some data for scientific uh, uh, research, and in the same time, we are learning. So we have to be patient and we have to keep
5: going. Sometimes we have to carry out some activities out from our, our knowledge. And it's difficult, but as you said, we learn a lot. And we feel that we are yeah, we are putting on the table uh, scientific data for research. So it's very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm fortunate so i
4: So basically we're guinea pigs and we are also performing our own research. Like I'm performing, I'm still scoring worms. Um, But what's fascinating is that we have an eye in the sky. So there's tons of cameras around us and we have to provide our uh, physiological and our, our chemistry data from our urine and stuff to the mission control. And just knowing from yesterday how they were saying that we're dehydrated and we don't know that you
5: know we didn't know that and that we have to intake more water well
4: yeah right? sorry sorry yes. yeah, uh, no,
5: it uh, literally uh, mcc told us that we are either reptiles or aliens because yeah we're not drinking we're up. not drinking <laughs>
6: according to the yeah uh like uh, if you uh, want to know if you're dehydrated uh put the thing up like that and just um, make like something like that, and it, if, dehydrated, if it stays up like this, this uh, you can be sure that you're dehydrated oh. because um, your body doesn't uh, have enough fluid, um, so it just um, <laughs> follows your, your force of your fingers, so it stays up like this. So I have to drink more. That's I think we all
4: need it. Yeah, look at this, it's like we're Play Doh.
0: That's and so funny.
4: It, no, but it's really weird because we don't sense it. But somebody, thank God, that's sensing, you know, monitoring us, saying you're not doing well. Do something about
5: it. One thing that I would like to say is that anything that we need from outside is provided by a lunar lander, and actually now I think that they're waiting for the lunar lander. So.
4: So we may need to evacuate and take you to another room if we hear an alarm.
0: No worries. If that needs to happen, that's totally fine.
4: Okay. You going to see how fast we get there. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I think the first thing that we're all thinking is, first off, we are so proud of all of you. You are our superheroes in this situation. And, you know, we're, we're happy that we can even be some of the first people that you're seeing. I know it's kind of crazy that not only is, you know, are most people in the world still under quarantine, but now you guys are under double quarantine, you know. Um, but. I guess maybe look on the bright side. Could you tell us a little bit about the research that you're all doing that is, is keeping you excited and invigorated?
3: So uh, basically, my, I didn't talk. I didn't speak about my role here. I am the communication officer. Um, and uh, my role is to uh, communicate information between the control center um, and uh, the crew and vice versa. Um, uh, but uh, as, as, as a research i am here to support uh, the astrobiologists uh, and also um, to perform some uh, scientific and engineering tasks provided so for example yesterday we had the uh, uh, magnetic field calculations um, and uh, today uh, we are i am i am doing the uh, uh, radiation field uh, measurement we have a device here And we would like to uh, um, uh, measure radiation, uh, uh, you know, uh, X-ray, gamma rays, uh, and also highly energetic particles. Uh, That's very important in space, and I am learning to do that right now.
4: You can even bring the machine
3: over. Uh, Yeah, uh, the machine is
5: actually, I will bring it. It looks
4: cool. It's really
5: cool. What are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm the commander of the mission. I don't have my own research, but for example, uh, yesterday we had to measure the electromagnetic field uh, without any instrument to do it. So due to my mathematical skills, the MCC uh, requested me to, to do this. And as a commander, I'm in charge of the schedule of the mission. That everything is in, in the line and kind of course supporting our researchers what they need. So yeah. <laughs> um,
4: so for me, i there's two components to my research is how to first can uh, soil soil dwelling animals like nematodes or beneficial nematodes can they survive beyond earth soil. And if so, can we coax them to survive using bait? Um, So that's the beginnings of terrestrializing soil um, by looking at the the animal to survive. Number two is a personal reason when, and uh, Eliana knows a little bit about this. Uh, So you know about my mom, she passed. uh, She passed with Alzheimer's. And, you know, there's a lineage in my line of uh, inherited Alzheimer's. I think I'm protected because I don't have the gene, but it doesn't mean anything. So when I started researching, I kept on seeing that the mutant AD, you know, all, uh, the Alzheimer mutants, the C. elegans, they don't survive long. But I know how neuromuscular disorders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that pathology, that physiology, that, the, that ailment, reduces when you have it in low pressure environments. So I thought self why don't, you know I have an op- I have a microgravity flight coming up Let me see if first the sea elegance can they survive through you know sand I got one animal that sort of survived I found one animal survived Martian sand I'm still scoring And if that is true when I take them up to true microgravity, if those animals survive again can their lifespan does the lifespan increase and once I get that animal I could do a quick uh, RNA uh, RNA sequence on that to see what turned on or off. Without gravity or less than gravity so that's like my own personal mission so I have two things going on so since this morning all i've been doing is just looking for soil. Which is tedious.
0: And uh, Simon, are you doing any independent research as well?
6: Uh, Yeah, I have one um, main personal experiment that I'm doing that um, that was already mentioned uh, with the magnets or the um, uh, magnetic fields. Um, So what I'm doing, I'm doing research on magnetic fields, uh, how magnetic fields or magnets in general are influencing the, the growth or just the health of algae of agriculture, and the reason why I'm doing that is because in um, low of orbit or general in space, if in the absence of gravity or just low gravity, I want to find out if uh, like magnets or magnetic fields could be an alternative um, to gravity, because there are many health problems and other issues coming up with the absence of gravity. So, do like magnets or magnets for a magnetic force? um it's a, an alternative to like um, uh, animals, bacteria, or even human beings. Because um, in here, I had the att- opportunity to go with algae. And in the future, I'm planning to, uh, and of course, of course the caco- uh, cockroaches, of course. And in the future, I'm planning to do research uh, how uh, magnetic fields or magnets in general are influencing the health of people or human beings in general. Because we are all surrounded by magnets, and if there is a, a benefit, benefit um, for, of magnets uh, for people in space, that's even better. And the other thing I'm doing is uh, the aquaponic system, and that's just um, um, well another thing that I'm doing, maintaining the aquaponic. And when the lunar arrival, um, uh, lunar robot will arrive, I hope everyone will bring the fish in the tank down here so like the whole system is then uh, for the aquaponics system
4: so it looks like the uss that we had so i had in the classroom yeah. an uh, ultimate sustainable system that the water flow actually spun a turbine mm-hmm. so it's actually charging up a battery so ah, it was okay. Okay.
5: totally independent mm-hmm.
6: yeah. yeah the plants are growing just uh yeah waiting just for the fish in the tank down here So let
3: me me show you the ionizing radiation detector. Actually, uh, in space, uh, one of the main challenges for human space travel is we don't know the effect of radiation coming from the sun and uh, the universe, the the center of the uh, uh, galaxy on human beings. We don't know that because we are protected by the magnetic field of earth. And we have only 12 um, actually um, 18 persons traveled outside this magnetic field. So we don't know actually how does it affect, how, how we are affected. So part of the training is to measure um, the radiation, uh, the ionizing radiation. Ionizing radiation means that any electromagnetic waves or highly energetic particles that can strip an electron from, a, 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 from an atom. Uh, that is uh, X-rays, gamma rays, or uh, um, uh, or highly energetic particles like, like alpha or gamma uh, particles. So this is the device. Uh, it looks old, but it measures actually the ionizing radiation. There are some naturally, uh, some small amount of gamma rays, and I am supposed now to detect this. I'm going to do the measurements um, as a training Uh, in different places in the habitat, just to make sure that the radiation is in in an acceptable level. However, yesterday, the result was when we measured the magnetic field, uh, we didn't have a device, we couldn't find it actually. So we need to find a way to calculate the magnetic field and we found a way. And um, we found out that even in the habitat, because it's very tiny, very small, and there are a lot of uh, devices that uses alternative currents to produce magnetic field. um, Actually, we recommended that um, um, uh, to do a whole survey because we we are likely uh, exposed to unhealthy situation right now because of that, all the uh, devices right there. I
4: just say that we're gonna get superpowers. That's all I'll say. So then you see me flying. Oh, fun fact, I've been, without red bull for three weeks now they see me hyperactive
5: for me it has been worse that happened without without coffee three weeks yeah. without coffee Same for me. insane
4: <laughs> it's just interesting because i told them like caffeine is what calms me down so like yesterday they saw me really chit chatty and that i'm really hyped like i'm in, i'm full on adhd mode to the walls here i'm very active. active i'm very active
5: without red bull
4: I know that the Red bulls supposed to calm me down. Wait, no, huh? <laughs> no, for me, because I have a different chemistry than other individuals. <laughs> they see me drink like five
1: bottles of five cans of Red Bull. And yes. I was not. Okay. Dr. G in the classroom would be like, I'm sorry, I have to go get my Red Bull. And she'd be drinking Red Bull. It's
0: been, it's so, it's so great.
4: Um,
0: <laughs> I feel like it's important to mention sugar free Red Bull, right?
4: Yeah. Sure. My girlish figure. We all lost weight.
0: Yes. Yeah,
4: I think we are
1: losing weight here. Very fast. Well, I can't help but think, while you guys are talking about all of the research and all of this, how you guys came to this point, all of you with different backgrounds coming to this one small little confined space. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming scientists?
6: scientist? Uh, well, I'm not, um, not a graduate uh, scientist uh, because I just graduated high school and finished my military service and I'm um, currently in um, in, my, in my studies. So like in university I just got started university. Uh, so I'm <laughs> trying my best uh, with the background I had in high school because I had really good teachers who like um, taught me a lot even though uh, it was not it was my main um, subject in school but it wasn't that intense um, that I um, could do all the research here. So I'm getting a lot of help from ID, uh, but it works. And I'm hoping I will do my best. And it hope, I hope it, uh, we go on with all of the experiments I'm doing. Here.
4: Yeah, you're doing great. Because he, he was able, well, first, he fell in love with the worms. That was the most important part, the sea elegance. He loved that. He learned how to swirl. And he's started to love the hissing cockroach.
6: Yeah, yeah. I'm about to love them.
4: About to love them. <laughs> So there's a little video out there. I don't know if you've seen it. It's Simon or Simon and the giant roach. It's worth it's a to see. I, I, I made a little video. I put it on Instagram and Facebook. and, all, and it's, it's worth it. Um, just a day in a light Simon.
6: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the experiment was basically like uh, we put some cockroaches in a metal cage and put them the magnets around. And one of the things we, uh, we discovered was that the antenna of the cockroaches were always directed into the, into the magnetic field. It's like, uh, it's the form of a ring and it's always directed in the, in the, in this direction. Uh, further um, background, scientific background on it. I think it's on face, uh, Facebook. Yeah, I
4: put it on everywhere.
6: And LinkedIn, I think also. I think. It, it.
4: And it's really fascinating that the roach is able to have the, the, the opposite charge of the magnetic field. So, if the, let's say the roach is you know walking around la 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 la, you know it's evenly distributed charges, electrons and protons. But once he had the magnet there, which was a positive charge, let's say in that particular case, as it ventures closer, the there's a shift, a a, a new distribution of the charges on the cockroach, and that all the negative charges will head towards the antenna because that's the closest part of the body next to the magnet. And when you look at that video, the antenna just goes right to the center. As Jose said, it looks like Batman or I Batman. So it's worth to watch the video. It was, it, but it's pretty fascinating. That's how um, uh, cockroaches avoid getting electrocuted or hurt because they know how to dodge it out naturally. That's
5: that's why I love cockroaches. How did you get into the science? Yeah, well, in my case, with uh, Simon 8, I am 30 years older than him. In the 80s, uh, computer science and informatics uh, was a boom. Everybody wanted to to program, and everybody wanted to to be involved in informatics. And I started. studying computer science, but I have always loved space. After finishing this degree, I started studying mathematics because yeah, I love mathematics and space, and I started working for one private company in Spain. So strictly speaking, I'm not a researcher. So I, I don't do research, but this is not a secret for you. You will earn more money in a private company. You can believe me. So yeah. Uh, I started working for European Space Agency as consultant, and up to today. So uh, basically, I do not research, but I'm involved in this amazing uh, space sector.
3: So, so um, I, st- I was an under- a mechanical engineer and undergrad. Um, at that time, I attended my first star party. It was in Kuwait in the desert. And when, when I saw the stars and when I saw the first, um, the, the, I mean, I, I saw the harmony between um, the instruments of the telescopes, the movement of the telescopes and the sky, I, I was hooked up. Like I, I fell in love with the whole thing. Um, I love science, I love engineering, I love both. Um, so when I, wa- when I graduated, I started to work in the oil industry, it's a good job, they pay a lot, but I still, I love science, I love engineering, I love to do research, so I studied astronomy part-time, so basically, um, I was working in the morning and studying astronomy in the night, even in the weekends, I was st- studying astronomy, I was studying astronomy for about three years, um, and then I decided to switch to be a little bit more pragmatic and study solar energy, uh, uh, a master degree in solar energy, and when I had the opportunity to do my masterpieces full time uh, in Fraunhofer Institute, I decided to quit the oil and do my masterpieces something about uh, solar uh, solar energy uh, for space applications, um, and then I uh, uh, I am now doing the uh, uh, satellite in Kuwait University. And I am also doing research about uh, moon base um, and uh, human as, as an international cooperation um, to produce aluminum, calcium, um, uh, oxygen, and silicon from the lunar regolith.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your stories with us. <laughs> really appreciate it. We'll
5: tell this story.
4: Yeah, no, but what's interesting is he does not have a home. This is a ah. real life nomad. <laughs> <laughs> No
3: home, no home to be had, right? No home. Yeah, I, I, I need to find a home when I'm back home.
0: <laughs> You're a citizen of space.
3: I, I, I am citizen, Yeah, I am living in the spaceship air. Exactly. No, but it's cool because he
4: goes from habitat to habitat and go to research conferences. Yeah. So you, what did you say? You could get ready in like a, a twenty
3: minutes. Yeah, I, I back my stuff because my stuff are already backed all the time. Uh, I can travel. So before that, I was in Russia uh, doing the space conference, I was presenting about my research, at the uh, moon base. Uh, and then I went to the UAE to see a friend. But of course, I don't call it a vacation. I call it part time vacation, because of course, I have to work. I can't stop. I, I, I didn't tell you I am also a volunteer in an association called Moon Village Association. Uh, my work is to involve uh, underdeveloped countries, developing countries to space exploration. Um, and I am, I'm am managing this, uh, process right now, in addition to my, to my research. And now I am here in Poland, uh, doing this mission. Um, so I am traveling from country to country, um, <laughs> most of the time.
0: I see. All right. Well, I, I know all of you are so busy. It sounds like you've been working day in and day out. Um, yeah. So I guess the final question that we just want to ask to you guys is: um, Do you have any advice for you know young scientists or learners that might want to get involved in the same fields that you've all got involved in?
6: Well, There's
0: no wrong answer.
6: Well, I'm still i still consider myself young. So what I uh, would say to people the same age or even younger. I'm 19 years old, so all the younger people or kids out there, um, just try it. You're, if you fail, then you can uh, say to yourself, oh, I tried it, so I know I, I failed. But if you don't even try, you, you can't even fail. So ju- just try it, and if you get accepted, then profit and learn as much as you can, because that's your chance to, to shine and to, to learn even more than you even more. And work hard, that's, that's the thing I would say. So.
4: For me, I would say no one defines your destiny, only but you. So just follow your passions and just literally, as you know, like you heard me say, just go for it. Um, There's no mistake. The mistake is if you don't try. And if you start listening to others say you shouldn't be doing that or that's not your thing or or poo-pooing what you have done as an accomplishment saying, oh, you got it because you are a, no, you got it because you earned it. You got to shut those people down because you know what you want to be. You only have one life. And if you start have individuals um, try to talk you down or dissuade your ambitions, just shut them down. (laughs) Just go. That's my advice.
5: I absolutely agree with my colleagues. I I, I will be a little bit more pragmatic, but absolutely agree with you. You have to follow your dreams, and uh, no matter the time, you can change your path. For me, it was the same. I started as computer science, uh, computer science, and mathematics. Now I'm here. But uh, we, please don't forget that you have to pay your bills too. Don't forget this. You have to follow your dreams, your passions, but always with this very well in mind. Um, uh, To me, I
3: I would say uh, performing scientific research is a privilege. Um, And with privilege comes a lot of responsibilities. Um, I met many people who are um, uh, really unhumble um, and they have bad morals. uh, And that, that type of personalities we have to avoid not only to deal with, but to be one of them. Um, if you are doing research, um, you have to have uh, uh, great morals, and you have to bring people upward, um, not to look, look to them from up to down. Uh, that's, that's very important. Um, and uh, also avoid uh, being, uh, uh, you know, showing off, showing off a lot uh, because uh, science is great, science is amazing, But it's more to me. Science is like a spiritual experience. If you are doing science, um, you are um, you are uh, feeding your souls, and it's a personal experience. And this personal experience, you you should you will corrupt it if you are showing off or you are not humble enough. Inspiring people.
4: Inspiring. That's what you mean. Unless you have to communicate your data. Of course. And you could be, and you can't be, yeah, I did a good job. You can always catch fine. yourself, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, of course. Because of course. who else is going to do it? Uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. You have to be proud, you have to be proud about yourself, but also you have to be humble.
4: No, granted, you're not going to go, hey hey, 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 look what I did. Exactly, yeah, that's right. But there's one more thing I want to add is find a mentor. Definitely, I even found another mentor for myself, um, who worked for Fairmill, and I just contacted this person out of the blue saying, hey, I need some help. Would you be my mentor? Even without her knowing what I wanted her to help me with. And it doesn't matter what age you are because I knew a trajectory that I wanted and I knew what type of research and I knew my weak area. So definitely find that mentor because individuals who are in those particular positions want to pay it forward. So it doesn't hurt to say, hey, can you help me out? This is what I'm doing. And watch if they say absolutely and they take you under their wing. As
1: I take you guys under my wing. Yeah, and we just want to thank you so much for being such inspirations and for talk taking the time to talk with us. We know your time is very valuable, and it really means a lot. Um, and a special thank you to our audience who tunes in uh, every month. It's it's such a fulfilling experience to be here one year later from the start. Um, is there anything you guys want to plug before we um before we wrap up completely?
4: Uh, for me, I don't
5: know. Well, thank you very much yeah. for your. Uh, we would like you to stay there three or four more hours if uh, talking with some other human beings is possible. <laughs> okay. But thank you so much for your questions and for your time.
4: And if you want to see what's going on, we have been updating. So either at the uh, AT- AATC, YouTube, or social media, you should see what we're doing. I also am putting it up on my social media and hopefully you guys are yeah, sharing yeah. it so you can see our daily escapades um
2: whenever i have time i try to upload as fast as i can yeah and for our listeners out there if you guys are looking for um their instagrams or their facebook their instagrams are at astronaut underscore center and also the facebook is at astronaut.center. and also for my magazines we are looking for writers and artists as well um so and we are going to put out applications soon because we are going to um release a new issue um for the artist cover so that's going to be you can find that at www www.mymagazines with an s.com and you can also find us on our instagram and my magazines um so yeah
1: that is perfect thank you so much thank you
0: thank you And if you can, be sure to follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Instagram for the latest updates, as well as maybe ask some questions or two and see if they're featured in the next episode. Thanks so much.